Hey, Mama. Hey, Mama. Hey, Mama. What you doing? Hello, friends. Welcome to Co-Parenting, Your Thrive Guide podcast. My name is Deborah Lene, and I am the host of the podcast. And thank you so much for joining me again this week. I am always so grateful that you've chosen to spend a little bit of your time with me. So thank you. I also am thankful that you allowed me a little time off. I was gone last week as I was celebrating and busy with uh, Bree, my oldest daughter, being in town from Canada. So we got to spend a lot of family time. We went on a few trips and then we planned her baby shower and had about 30 some people at her baby shower and it was really wonderful. We had the best time and so she's now gone back to Canada. Mm, Sad but anyway I'm looking forward to seeing her and the next time I see her it hopefully will be for the birth of the baby. Um, We're keeping our fingers crossed because of the Canadian COVID restrictions still, but um, we just had the best time. And so I did a lot of thinking this week about what I was going to talk about um, on this episode this week. And since there was a lot of co-parenting going on. (laughs) So as you all know, I have different dads for my children. And so I planned a baby shower with Bree's father and his wife, Ava's father and his wife prepared the food because they own a food truck and Ava's dad's a chef. And so there was a lot of co-parenting happening. And I know people, you know, look at me like, wait, what? All this co-parenting stuff and you guys are all together and everything's good. And I was like, yes, it's really like that. And it's not, it's not a fairy tale. It's, it's really like that. So I know it's kind of, funny and weird, but it's my weird. And so I'm okay with that. But we planned it, everything went great. And so I was thinking about creating how to create healthy boundaries in co-parenting. And so I thought, you know what, this I'm going to talk about that this week, because this is just going to be what really um, I, I think will be helpful for people. And maybe you can take some of the things that I've learned and use them in your own life. So what are boundaries, right? And if you don't even know really what they are, or you're not quite sure what they are or what they should be, um, there is, I'll give you a quick summary of, of boundaries. So there's intellectual boundary, which is having respect for one another's thoughts and ideas. There's emotional boundaries, which is having obviously respect for someone's feelings. There's sexual boundaries. um, And that goes without saying what that is. Material boundaries. um, So having respect for someone else's possessions. And then time, having respect for another use of someone's time. So that kind of gives you like the overview. And as, as if you're a parent, obviously, um, you teach your children these in different ways, right? So time, how do you determine your boundaries? You know, this is a hard one for me, because some days are better than others, right? Some days I do it better than others. When I feel disrespected or offended, or uncomfortable 
with another person's actions, it is it may be because they've crossed a boundary for myself. And but boundaries are tricky because our limits are all different. And what is upsetting to one person may not be upsetting to another. And it might be perfectly normal. And it, then you get in different cultures and what's acceptable um, might not be acceptable here, but may be acceptable there. And no one can understand your boundaries unless you communicate that. And boundaries, rules, parenting plans, they are all words that are common in our co-parenting world that we're living in. And they really require us to have open communication to ensure that both co-parents know which behaviors are acceptable. And I think if you guys have co-parented for any length of time, you know that um, communication is absolutely crucial. There is some common co-parenting boundaries that um, different people have come up with, and I've kind of put some together that I thought were helpful as well. If you have a detailed co-parenting plan or a detailed parenting plan, that really helps in terms of setting boundaries. Obviously, you know, you want to keep the focus on, on the communication focused only on the children. And when you drop off the kids, you don't need to talk about, well, yes, I'm going out and doing this and that. You don't. And especially if it's a new co-parenting arrangement. Um, and then avoid social media. Now, I know that's kind of, <laughs> I don't avoid social media, but you don't have to post everything you're doing, right? And then obviously, never try to put your kids in the middle. It helps many co-parents to think of the endeavor like a business relationship, right? You may not like your boss, but you have to communicate. And you need to be respectful or you'll, you know, you'll find yourself out of a job. Never discussing co-parenting issues during pickup and drop-off times. That sets a nice, healthy boundary that everybody knows that space is just to pick up and drop off. And it is not to discuss whatever issue you have going on. You can let the other co-parent know about school functions, extracurricular activities, or any events that they're involved you know, you can do that by email or, you know, there's apps that people, the Coparently app is really good. Um, and that those are ways to help set those boundaries, especially I would say if you're in a new co-parenting arrangement. And it is okay to have, especially in the beginning when it's new, to have separate activities with your kids, like different birthday parties or celebrations, just to help minimize any potential conflict. One of the things that has come up with different friends of mine when we've talked about when the children are with the other parent and do questions like, do I have the right to know what's going on while they're visiting their other parent? And it depends on how much of a control freak you are, right? But the reality is that your ex or your co-parent, 
They are not required to tell you anything about what he or she or the children do unless the court requires it or orders it. And you and your co-parent, you guys are both grown adults and presumably, you know, you love your kids and you're doing the best that you can to nurture and love them. And even though you really have to lean into that, right? You really have to say, okay, I trust that they're going to do what's best for the kid. Now, of course, if there's, you know, open abuse, you know, that you know of, whatever, of course, that's a different situation. But you really have to lean into that as long as they're not violating the law or putting your children in physical or mental danger or emotional danger, then that time is solely their own and they don't owe you an explanation. Honestly, I think most courts, I don't know, but I, I, in my experience, I would say courts generally prefer that both parents participate in their children's lives and that visitation is an essential time for parent-child bonding. So if you were to do anything um, to interfere with that, obviously, you know, a court would look negatively at that. So when you're set figuring out how to set reasonable co-parenting rules, right? When you're thinking about the structure of the terms of the custody or visitation agreements, it's so important to set reasonable expectations, right? Otherwise, the court is going to be like, are you kidding me? This is never going to work. For example, it is in the best interest to know where your child where they're going to be or children are going to be at any given time in the event of emergency. Either be able to reach them by phone or text or Zoom or however, you know, FaceTime. But if your ex wants to take the children on an extended trip out of state, it is reasonable. It is reasonable to request that your ex give you a notice about where he or she can travel and where they're going to and where they'll be, I think that's reasonable. However, it is probably not reasonable for your ex to alert you every time he or she leaves the house with the children during visitation. I I think that's ridiculous. But even for happily married couple, there's times when a spouse will jump into a car with the kids to run some errands and doesn't let the other person know. If a parent is calling the other person nonstop during their scheduled visitation time and demanding to know where the children are, it would be viewed by the court negatively. Like there's just, it's, it's not even reasonable. So I think like being logical and reasonable about those respecting the other person's time when they're with the children. And then if you do have concerns, you can wrap it all up and put it in a nice email. Obviously, if there's abuse or something like that, you would want to address that more formally. But I'm just saying you can wait if you do have issues and put it in email. I know a lot of friends of mine do that. So I think that is a good way to do it. When you are trying to set boundaries and it is a high conflict co-parenting relationship, or it's a new co-parenting relationship, and you are working to establish boundaries, it can be really challenging on many levels. And having children makes it really difficult to figure out how to build a working relationship as co-parents. Trust me, I know, I get it. 
if you have ideas about how you envision yourself parenting moving forward, it is possible that those ideas that you have about what your parenting journey looks like will be different than those of your co-parent, right? And so there can be a lot of apprehension related to raising children if it's a high conflict situation. And it can really get complicated for everyone. And you have to be willing to work with this person. And creating a parenting strategy can be really hard. And you you will probably have reservations about it, about working together with your former spouse or partner, especially if there's fresh hurts and a lot of conflict. So it will make it more difficult. But one of I'm, I'm just going to give you a couple of ideas and help you towards setting boundaries with a high conflict parenting relationship. So you can commit to a parenting plan. And with this parenting plan, it they're not all going to look the same, right? So you just have to commit to sticking to the plan, no matter how you do it. Once you decide on the plan, commit to sticking to it. It doesn't matter if it includes schedules, expenses, how you make your decisions together. If you will commit to working the parenting plan, it will really help reduce the risk of creating conflict by doing something which your co-parent might say is wrong. And if there are clear boundaries, you are much less likely to have conflict. Therefore, as time goes on, I always say time is the best healer, right? So as time goes on, if you have the plan, eventually it'll become much more fluid where it'll just flow. It's it's not going to be okay. You know, you can't do this and you can't do that. It'll Once the newness wears off a little bit, you stick to the plan, keep sticking to the plan, and then it will get better, right? And you'll be able to kind of move to a new part of co-parenting journey. If that doesn't work, you can also consider parallel parenting, which I have loosely done it very short term. It's when the other co-parent isn't willing or you're not willing to cooperate and communication is difficult. Parallel parenting is co-parenting with added boundaries. That's probably the easiest way to say it. And one of the boundaries is to disconnect completely from the other co-parent on a certain level by not communicating directly with each other. So sometimes you'll have an, you know, a mediator or a friend or someone that's taken on that role. So your interactions are limited. And like I just said, after some time, because time's a healer, after some time, you might not have to do parallel parenting. But if you find yourself in those high conflict things, parallel parenting is it might be something that you implement in a specific parenting plan. And this will encourage um, each parent to follow the plan as well, the parenting plan, and it really removes the risk. You may still need to communicate at times over matters like child emergencies or significant decisions, but you won't do it in the ways in which you may have previously if you're doing parallel parenting. So 
like I said earlier, email communication, written communication is often more comfortable, especially if there's um, if there's a high conflict thing <laughs> going on. Or text messages, because, you know, text messages can live forever. And I'm going to post in the show notes some tools for parallel parenting communication. There is a website, Our Family Wizard website. They have a online communication tool that talks about messaging. So that was really good. When I was doing my research, I was like, oh, that's a really good idea. Another thing is keep your personal life personal. So I know I said that earlier, but whenever an intimate relationship ends and our emotions are all over the place, right? Even if you wanted it to be over and you're probably still feeling the pain of it being over, you need to learn to set emotional boundaries to protect yourself from getting hurt or falling back into a bad relationship. And man, oh man, have I done this. I know I have. And one way to keep your emotions in check when it comes to your co-parent is to keep your personal life personal to yourself. The only topics that need to be discussed are those having to do with the children and nothing more. If your co-parent begins to ask about details, about your personal life, decline respectfully decline to talk about it. If you have mutual friends with your co-parent, just consider not seeing this group for people for a while. I'm not saying give up your friends, but set boundaries. And you might even tell your friends why. Just say, I need to take a step back from this social group because it brings up too much stuff. If social media has caused issues in the past, block your other co-parents account so you don't see it or disable your own profile for a short period of time by not creating an opportunity for your co-parent to stalk you on social media you are creating boundaries for what your co-parent knows about your personal life and maintaining these boundaries it will allow us you me better control of the details and for those of you that are control freaks Remember that it will allow you to better manage your personal life and it'll protect you also in a lot of ways. As you do what you do to set boundaries between your co-parent and your personal life, you should also at the same time when it comes to the other parent in their, and, and in their life, being too curious about your co-parent's life is one of the many pitfalls that you might find yourself falling into. And you might find in if you're in a high conflict co-parenting um, situation, trying to entice you into conflict by pushing your emotional buttons. And it can either be directly or indirectly. And this might mean, you know, sending mean messages to you online or spreading rumors about you or, but dedicate yourself to set a boundary that prevents you from falling into that conflict Limit your time on social media. Don't view posts that could be related to your co-parent. And if your co-parent sends you a mean message, don't reply. Right? Easier said than done, I know. But you don't have to reply. And stick to only talking about things to do with the kids. If you hear from friends that your co-parent is saying stuff about you, just say, please don't engage. 
Just tell your friends. Don't engage in that conversation. You don't have to defend yourself. And you can say, hey, we're going through a really tough time. Feelings are high. Try to take the emotion out of it. And obviously, if you feel like, you know, that your co-parent has done something that's very bad or whatever, you can talk to an attorney or I guess in an extreme case, you could talk to the police. If you are in one of these high conflict times in your life, you know, talk to someone getting through a divorce or separation. It's really difficult. And I know from personal experience. So if you can talk to someone, if you can write, like writing has been a good tool for me. Um, Talking smack is a really good tool for me with my friends. Um, But while you are setting boundaries to protect yourself from the other parent, don't set limits that prevent you from getting the help you need. That's really important. So talking to close friends and family members with whom you trust and being able to vent, like I said, talking smack is perfectly okay with a trusted friend. And then, of course, if you need a counselor or a therapist, And these, you know, therapists, um, thank God for them, they are trained to help us get through, you know, and help our feelings, help us maintain our feelings and help us maintain our emotional health. So definitely do that. And if, if you're struggling, I know I've used them so much during the past 30 years. And of course, if you have an attorney, I, I just, you, you can keep a dialogue going with them. I don't know if they want to hear it, but <laughs> that will help. Setting boundaries with a high conflict co-parent, it sounds easier than it actually is because it's a daily thing. But I believe that it's worth the effort and determining your co-parenting plan and then sticking to it, creating communication boundaries and decide the best way to handle the times where you do need to talk. Maintaining your privacy when it comes to your personal life. And don't allow yourself to fall into the the pitfalls that cause you to feel curious about the other co-parent's personal life. It is so, so important that when you're doing all these setting boundaries things, that you don't create a boundary for yourself when it comes to seeking help if you need it. I trust that this has been helpful for you in creating boundaries. I know for me, I'm always looking to be able to voice my needs because I'm not so good at that. And so I hope this is a way to help you create your nice boundaries so that you feel healthy, safe, and loved. So as always, thank you again for sharing your time with me today. I hope you have a wonderful week and I look forward to being with you next week. Hey mamas, thank you so much for joining me again today on Co-Parenting Your Thrive Guide podcast. You can download your free Thrive Guide on my website at deborahlinnae.com. If you enjoyed the show today, don't forget to rate and review me wherever you get your podcast. It really goes in supporting the podcast and I would really appreciate your feedback, good or bad. I would love to hear from you. My new podcast comes out every Monday, so please join me next Monday. Until next time, I am Deborah Lene, and remember for this week to 
to lead your conversations with honesty, clarity, and love, and always give grace extended.